What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We got a Wednesday NFL for you here, and as promised, we had Will Smith on, and he was coming with the hot takes today. Had a lot of them, had a lot of them to hand out. Um, Sean and I might have disagreed on a few, but that definitely makes for a good podcast. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Enjoy the pod, and we will be talking to you on Monday. everybody and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We're here on an NFL Wednesday, as promised, and Will Smith, you know, it's only been two weeks, but we really, really missed you. Tom said, let's get him on. All three of our teams won, and we're going to celebrate, so welcome back. Oh, thanks, Sean. You know, when all three teams win, it's a, it's a pleasure to be on. Calls for a celebration, I felt. Fellas, um... This is going to be a rarity. If I were to put money on it, I'd say that we're not going to do it again this year. So I thought it was a big deal. I thought it was time to celebrate. I agree. I, I think Joe Flacco is elite still. If he keeps throwing the ball 100 times a game, I think so too. It's amazing when he has protection and a little bit of time. You know, he, he, he can do some stuff like that here and there. Yeah, I mean... He's still washing. I, it's it's one of those things where it's like if you're just gonna let the guy throw a million times, he's gonna he's gonna hit somebody at some point. Well, he also has to throw a million times because you're down by double digits very quickly. So he's got to he's got to sling it all over the field. Must be nice to have Garrett Wilson to throw to though, right? Absolutely. Stud Dude is a stud. All right, Sean. Where are we jumping in this week? What do you want to start with? You want to just segue into the Jets? We might as well. I mean, we might as well. I was going to lead off with the Thursday night game, but what the hell? Let's lead with the locals and then uh, and then Will's Dallas Cowboys before we go into the rest of the national game. So, Tom, literally what happened with the Jets was like the first time that's happened in like 50-something years. So walk us through your swing of emotions as you're staring another 0-2 start in the face, and then out of absolutely nowhere, they win this miraculous game. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think we both picked them to lose last week, so I was fully prepared for them to lose. Um, just waiting on Zach Wilson to come back to see what we got with him. Um, I liked what I saw out of my defense. I know that they gave up 30 points, but at some point, you need your offense to start doing things. Unfortunately, the offense waited until the last two minutes of the game to actually start doing stuff, but it was an indescribable two minutes. Right there, I mean, it literally was like two minutes, and Joe Flacco turned into, um, I guess you could say, prime Tom Brady, just an absolute surgeon, perfect clock management, uh, great coaching towards the end there, and I mean, we're not going to go defeated this season, so wins all around for me. 100%, but also, you look at it, there has been no team in the history of the NFL that's been up with been up 13 points with less than two minutes left to lose a game until the New York Jets and just also Chubb gets the first down he doesn't fall down just goes in the end zone oh we'll be fine we weren't fine because Joe Flacco throws that veteran ball yes he does and you know the other thing the biggest thing for me, obviously, thank you to Nick Chubb um, for doing that, and I'm sure he helped some fantasy players out, but he definitely didn't help any Cleveland Brown fans out. Um, 
biggest thing was Garrett Wilson taking that hit earlier on in the game, getting put on his back, and then coming back in and scoring the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, I had red zone on because I had the Giants on the other TV, of course, and I was like, holy shit, the Giants won, and now the Jets are going to make this comeback. And I'm like, I'm staring at them, like, how did this all happen? And they're running through it. And I didn't think that Nick Chubb, you know, not going down was as egregious as everybody else did because hindsight's twenty twenty, right? I mean, you don't think that they're going to lose that game because there's still an onside kick that has to be recovered by the Jets that, let's be honest, guys, at this point in the NFL, onside kicks being – you know, being covered up by the team that's kicking it almost never happens. Like, I I think they might happen like two or three times a year. So for that to happen and then for Flacco to have to make the throws to get the touchdown, I mean, so many things had to break right. Sure, but if you're Nick Chubb and you take a knee, your win percentage goes from 99.9 to 100. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, I, I just don't think it's as big of a deal. It's easy to pile on it, but... I think it's more great Jets than really bad Browns. The fact that the Jets were able to do that and convert on those opportunities that they got, because again, sure. they weren't, they didn't play a very good game up until that point. No, hundred percent. They couldn't stop. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't start, uh, uh, stop Chubb or hunt in that aspect. And that, you know, I was watching that game. I'm like, Oh, this game's over all that stuff. And I was like, Oh wait, they just scored. They're up 13. Jets go right, go right down the field with veteran Joe Flacco, the score touchdown. I'm like, all right, non-site kick's not happening like you said before, Sean. And they get it back. I'm like, oh, Flacco will throw a pick here. He did not throw a pick there. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, not a great not a great, you know, football game, but a great ending. Um, one I'll remember for a long time. One of the Jets' four wins this year, maybe five. That's a huge win, though, because especially after the week of Robert Sala making his comments about the receipts, like it's not all fixed in one game, right? But like, no, this is a game that is was winnable because no Deshaun Watson and Cleveland, you know, they 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 are they're not the team that everybody thinks they could be come December, right? So you go on the road, you win. It's year two of your head coach, and even though your quarterback's not playing, that's a game that shows you okay you made the right pick with um with the wide receiver you made the right pick with some offensive linemen your defense has a lot of playmakers on the field so you can feel a little vindicated there where okay yeah we don't care that much that Flacco got the win but for a lot of other parties in the Jets organization that was a huge win no doubt about it I do like the defensive end that they drafted in the first round as well Johnson I mean, he's a stud, dude. I mean, he is—he's a game wrecker. You—you you saw Finally. it even in the Ravens game too. Finally, the Jets have somebody that can actually put a little bit of pressure on the quarterback. They just need some linebackers. I mean, they do have good linebackers. You just could—that's a tough. That's a good offensive line, and that's a tough one-two punch they have there in Cleveland, and that's going to keep them in a lot of games. For sure. Yeah, they're not a—they're not a horrific team, but that's a—that's a really bad loss for them. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just to put a bow on it, I mean, it is nice to see the Jets actually getting some talent, but I think this win puts a little bit of deodorant on a lot of a lot of red flags. Like, you, you're talking about Zach Wilson coming back. Is he going to be better than Joe Flacco? That's my question. It's not the point. It's not the point. Yeah, okay, it's not the point. If he's not better than Joe Flacco, do you have your future quarterback? What's the point then, Sean? 
it is. Well, you have to find that out, Tom. You know I understand that, that, but I'm worried. That, is he going to be better than Joe Flacco? Is I understand it's not the point, and he has to play. He's your quarterback. I'm concerned because I've looked at the offensive numbers with Flacco over the last two years and with Zach Wilson, and they go down tremendously when Zach Wilson comes in the game. Maybe that's a point of game script, and they don't let him throw as much, and they run the ball, but it is concerning. It is 100% concerning, but also if you look at the league-leading passers, it's Tua, it's Carson Wentz, it's Joe Flacco. Those are the top three leading passers this year. So let me ask you a question, Tom. You're three and two. Zach Wilson's healthy. He's ready to come back. You You're have to play two. him. Yes, you don't even have to ask it. I, Sean, I agree with Sean's point. That's not it, That's not the point. We're not trying to win this year. We're trying to set up a franchise quarterback. I'm just expressing that I'm concerned that Zach Wilson might not be the guy, given the offensive numbers that I've seen. But I don't think anything with with Joe Flacco's performance is is going to change whether you think you have validity in your concern or not. Like Joe Flacco is not the he's not a guy that's going to get a, a renewed contract and going to be the starting quarterback for the Jets if if Wilson doesn't play well. You're going to be drafting another one. Of so, course, I I don't dis I don't disagree with that. I'm not saying like are we going to play Joe Flacco? Are we going to sign him to a three year deal? My concern is. The fact that do we have a quarterback or not? And and I think that's going to be a concern throughout the whole year. That's that's my singular point is that I'm worried that Zach Wilson is not the guy just from the I'm offense. I'm more concerned numbers about Zach Wilson being healthy and that being the reason you don't know as opposed to performance based. That's true as well. And we're going to talk about that with the 49ers because a lot of experts are saying that Trey Lance's career may be over now. Yeah, in San Francisco at least. Yeah. Um all right, you want to move on to the Giants? Will, you got anything else? No, I just, uh, you know, it's it would not surprise me if Joe Flacco was 13 for 31 next week against the Bengals and throws two interceptions. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, that makes me feel This better. is the same <laughs> Joe Flacco that we were just roasting, Tom, on our pod last week after the Ravens. No, you're game, absolutely so. right. But my point wasn't uh, – it, it could have been Joe Flacco, Joe Schmo, Will Smith, Sean Rowe out there. It doesn't <laughs> matter to me. My concern is Zach Wilson, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on to the Giants. Uh, another good win. I am concerned about the Panthers um, and their offense with Baker Mayfield, but let's talk about the Giants. Let's celebrate a little bit for Shawnee Boy. Um, great game management and, and a really good team win. And their this defensive awesome. line looks great, by the way. Sorry, my last point there. No, no, it's a good one. This this has been a lot of fun because, you know, we're going to talk about the matchup with Will's Cowboys uh, this coming Monday night, but – you know, these are two games that they didn't win because they were more talented than the team that they beat. Uh, these were games that they were losing the last several years under McAdoo, Shermer, and and uh, Joe Judge. Like, you know, making crucial mistakes and letting the other team, you know, basically win because you fucked up as opposed to, you know, you just having a clean game and being able to win because you were smarter. We saw the Panthers commit some really stupid penalties that the Giants didn't. And these are two games that it was really nice to see win. Um, Wink Martindale dialed up an absolutely stellar game plan. You still don't have Ojolari or Thibodeau. Um, Leonard Williams got hurt there in the middle of the game, so he was out. And let's be honest, outside of Dory Jackson, the secondary is not very good. And they stifled Baker Mayfield. They kept uh, Christian McCaffrey in check. And it's just really fun to see the coaching so far manifest and being the reason that they've won or lost because, you know, Jones, I think they're turning him into a game manager. I want to get your guys thoughts on it. They're asking him to not lose the game, but he's making plays in order to help, help them win and help them stay 
you know, away from that one terrible mistake. And overall, I just think it's it's a good vibe around the Giants because, again, these are games that they've been losing time and time again the last few years. No, you're 100% right. And I think they, you know, you, you say that whole thing, but, you know, Judge, Shermer, um, uh, you can name anybody else before that. But I think the Giants have bought into what Brian Dayball is preaching and they, they want to fight for him. The only thing, what I, you know, obviously I'm a homer, obviously, but you have a $72 million receiver that's getting one target a game in Kenny mm-hmm. Holiday. It's uh, that that's the only, you know, Richie James getting 11 targets a game. Sterling Shepard's getting nine targets a game and it's winning you games. But when it comes down to it, it comes down to, and you, you saw it last week and the week before, I mean, you, you saw it against Tennessee and I, I think Tennessee is a legit dumpster fire. Probably in my opinion, one of the worst teams in the NFL because Call Ryan Tannehill is garbage. He, he is absolute garbage. They're putting nine in the box because all they do is run with Derrick Henry but Daniel Jones made that bad mistake. You throw a, a lob pass in the end zone for an interception. So it just comes down to what you said before, Sean. As long as Daniel Jones doesn't turn the ball over. Which he didn't fine. in this game. Exactly. And I, I do think, and I hate to say it, but I think Saquon's back. What do you think, Tom? I think, yeah, I agree with Will. I think Saquon is back, and I think this coach is – I really like the hire that they made in the front office and the coach because, you know what? The Tennessee is a dumpster fire, but and and Daniel Jones did make that mistake, but they made up for it. Um, and this and this game, it seems to, he seems to be growing. Um, and I do think the Giants, the NFC, is so bad, and and with the Cowboys, you know, going to be missing Dak for God knows how long. I mean, you know, all the uh, all the injury experts are saying this is going to be you know a four or five week injury, but then you got Jerry Jones saying you know he could be back tomorrow for all we fucking know. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't I. You know, this could be a playoff team, and if they beat the Cowboys and go to three and zero, I mean, they could they could cruise to to winning this division, depending on what Washington and Carson Wentz does. Sorry to say it, Will. I mean, um, your Cowboys defense looks incredible. Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons. We're going to talk about him in a, in a minute. I mean, as long as they don't mis- make mistakes in this in this defense defensive line, especially keeps dominating, even missing some players. Uh, I. I this it's this team it doesn't make any sense to me, but they're, well, wanna, they're winning games. Yeah, I want to touch on a few points that Will brought up about you know Galladay getting he had he he was on the field for two offensive snaps. I think day. I think the Giants. It's like that was a it's it's like it's the same thing as when when you have a, a sitting duck quarterback. It's like we didn't draft the guy. They didn't sign the guy. Uh, and I just think that he fucking sucks, and they're eating that deal, and it is what it is, and they're going with the best players that they have. You know, they were going to cut him is. if it wasn't for the cap hit. Yeah, and like you know, there he was chatting a lot today. Uh, I was getting all the Bleacher Report updates about how he's really pissed and disgruntled, and if he asked for a trade, and the Giants are recruiting uh, uh, free agent wide receivers. But what I love about this is exactly that. Whether it's Richie James or. Bellinger, the tight end, who they drafted in the fourth round, or Sterling Shepard, who's back off in Achilles. Like, Brian Dable's going to play the guys that he believes gives them the best opportunity and who is showing out in practice and who has the best rapport with Jones. And like you said, they're not tied to really any of these guys, right, outside of the draft picks they made this year So, and, and the additions they brought in via free agency and trade. So. To me, I think that sets a great tenor, and it helps when you're winning, right? It might not look as good when you're losing and you're not playing these guys, but they're winning. And on top of that, too, is 
like it's just so refreshing to see a coaching staff that knows what the fuck they're doing yep. and a team that's winning these games. You know, you just painted a very nice hypothetical for me, Tom, but you know, the last several years I haven't been pissed when they've lost by 30 points to Will's Cowboys or, you know, the Rams game or some other game. They're not as talented as those teams and, and they still aren't. There's still not a lot of talent on this team, particularly offensively, but what I couldn't stand was them losing to other mediocre teams because they just made that crucial penalty or Daniel Jones gets tripped up and the ball comes out or like anything like that. And so far so good in these two games, it's not necessarily that they're winning because they're more talented and they're a dominant two and O they're two and O because they executed late in games um, and they didn't fuck up, which is really nice to see. And you mentioned that Jones interception, in the end zone, he's also led two drives now after being handed a, a, a deficit and led them right down the field and scored. So that's encouraging too. My, my last thing with the Giants, and, and this thought just popped into my head, was outside of Saquon, which, Will, you're right, I, I think he looks almost as good as he did in his rookie season. If the Giants could get this guy on the field and he could actually focus on football and stay healthy in Kadarius Tony, he could have that – kind of Odell Beckham rookie year where he came off injury. I know that was a legendary year, and it's not going to be that great. But, I mean, this team's winning games that they should win or or at least should be in. And could you imagine if they add that extra spark where I think he could easily be maybe even their their best offensive player, but that by far their second best offensive player. Yeah, and Wondell Robinson, the guy that they drafted, he's he's hurt too. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I haven't seen him play, but I have seen Tony play very sparingly. And Sean, that guy, he could propel you guys to the playoffs. Because if he was in this game, I think it's you know twenty-seven to sixteen. Mm-hmm. No, I mean I couldn't agree more. I mean it's a, a great opening two games to the Giants. And listen, I don't hate the Giants. I hate the Eagles, and Sean can agree with me. Yep. But you know, it just sucks for you guys. Just the the game plan that Brian Dayball puts out week after week, but for the first two weeks is phenomenal. First week was give the ball to Saquon, he breaks three runs, and then now you're in the red zone. Now now it's you have at least a field goal. So now Daniel Jones has to make a play, and they made plays week one. They made plays. We you know, and then once you're winning as Tennessee Titans, you're. All they're going to do is try to – you're going to take Tannehill down 10 to win a game? Absolutely not. And, and Dayball knew that. And then week two, you know, you took a bad – you took advantage of a bad Carolina defense, and your defense stood up – your defense played 10 times yeah. better than it did the second game than they did the first. Yep, for sure. Yeah, and on the Panthers, so, just – sorry, Will, go ahead. No, I mean, I think the Panthers – you know, with I mean, they have weapons, but you look at what they were when they had Cam Newton in his prime. Like, there's no reason that McCaffrey should not be getting 20 yards a game. When I see it in the third quarter, McCaffrey has seven carries for 37 yards. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, and he looks explosive. And I understand the fact that they're, you know, moving on to the Panthers, that they're trying to taper it back because the guy's gotten hurt the last two years because maybe they think it's because he's been overused. But, like, 
I watched that game, and you're right, Sean. I guess you could say that the Giants stifled them. I think it was more just Baker fucking zeroing in on one target that ends up being double covered, and Christian McCaffrey's wide open in the flat. I mean, good on the Giants for for game planning that and realizing that Baker's going to do that, but McCaffrey could have torched the Giants because he was wide open so many times. uh, I agree with that, too, because I saw it, too. And not to mention DJ Moore, too. I mean, if Matt Matt Rule we should be betting on right now Will and I, Sean, you can't bet. Sorry. I mean, you could buy a gun at 7-Eleven, but you can't gamble. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, it's your choice, yeah, <laughs> you know. But we should be betting on – we should be slamming him for first coach fired if they lose this Absolutely. week because, I mean, they, they are not getting the ball to their two playmakers nearly enough. Listen, yes. every single time – sorry, Will. Like, every single time that they were not running with McCaffrey after a six- or seven-yard run – and they were letting Baker come out of the shotgun and make and try to make a play. And he was throwing, I think I counted three or four batted balls down at the line. I was like, thank you so much for doing this because you know how I feel about Baker. I don't think Baker's any better than Daniel Jones, like straight up. I don't think he's good Agreed. at all. At this point, I agree. Five yards. But also watching that game too, you're not setting up one screen for McCaffrey. Like I, I, I just don't get it. No halftime adjustments. Plays nothing. To win the game, and he can't. Yeah, I, I got to say shame on that rule too, because it's like nothing's working for you in the first half, and then you come out with the same game plan. Nothing's worked for you in the first three halves of this season, and then you come out with the same game plan. Like I swear to God, out of halftime, I would have let McCaffrey touch the ball ten times in a row. That's the last great thing with like that I've really enjoyed with the Giants is they have not made a second half adjustment under the last couple coaches in years, and like you see them not do much in the first half and then they score a lot more points in the yeah, second like half. Tennessee, like Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans game is yeah. a whole what you're just saying. They couldn't do shit in the first half and they made an adjustment and Tennessee couldn't guard it. Whatsoever. Get the ball to Saquon. In-game adjustments are what separates the good coaches from the bad coaches. In addition to clock management and. Matt Rule has put on a master class of how not to adjust in-game. I just don't get it. Sometimes it's just that fucking simple where it's like, I'm going to live and die with my two best players. You know, if I lose this game and DJ Moore gets 12 targets instead of six, and McCaffrey, like Will said, gets, you know, 18 to 20 touches instead of whatever he got, probably 10, then that's fine. At least I lost going down swinging with my pro bowlers. 100%. Hundred percent. I mean, you got to give the ball to McCaffrey. You got to get the ball, to DJ Moore. Throw a wide receiver screen. They can make moves. Throw yep. a HB screen to McCaffrey. I mean, they I didn't mean, do prime, that all game. prime example of that is we're going to talk about it later. Is the Miami Dolphins? I mean, two two is fucking. What what are his average fucking yards per pass? Two. Just put the ball in the hands of the two fastest guys in the league and let them do something for you. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt Rule will be coaching Nebraska in six weeks. Ooh, <laughs> I, okay. I like that. We didn't call. we didn't put that in our uh, in our pod the other day, Tom. That's a good call, Will. Great Thank call. You. All right, let's move on to Will's Cowboys here. Great win. Another good game management job here. Speaking of that, by Cooper Rush. Um, and your defense. I mean, especially Micah Parsons. Is he the best defensive player in the league outside of Aaron Donald? I think it's I think it's a yes. I would agree with that, yes, because he's a linebacker that plays the end, and he's faster and stronger than most left tackles or right tackles wherever he lines up, and he's a game changer. And this is, you know, I'll be honest, I've been a Dallas fan for a long time. This is one of the best defenses I've seen. And, you know, that's why, like, oh, Cooper Rush, you know, game manager, all that stuff, that's fine. But 
you know, Cooper Rush on the 2014 Tony Romo defenses, getting shit on. Absolutely getting shit on because all you have is DeMarcus Ware and a banged up Sean Lee and a old Terrence Newman. That's all you have. <laughs> well, but, like, there's a lot of pain defense, in that like, voice. Yeah, 100% pain. But, like, you see a defense, they fly to the ball. They have they have athlete, athletes in the secondary, just athletes. Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, they're not the best corners in the league. Not even close, but they're athletes. So it's just everybody flies to the ball. Defense is what's going to win us games. And, you know, I mean, I think the Bengals are in a lot of trouble because their offensive line is horrendous. But They got worse. I don't get it. Yeah. They're so bad. I, I, I'm I, like they made all these signings on Pro Football Focus. The the players are ten times better than the guys they had before, and they got worse. It just, I don't even blame Joe Burrow because it's like he's how, gonna get killed when you have it like one point two seconds to throw the ball. Like your guys can't even get open, especially with a team with a good defense. Like you know Dallas, their Dallas Dallas's defensive line is very good. Their linebackers are very good. Their secondary is very good as well. Like. All Cooper Rush needs to do is not turn the ball over, and, you know, Dallas will be okay. We'll be in games. But, I mean, that's two two starts for Cooper Rush. You know, you need a game-winning drive. He's led to him twice. So I can't really complain about Cooper Rush. No, no you can't. It. There's nothing wrong with the term game manager, by the way. Like, we want all quarterbacks to be like Mahomes and Herbert and, you know, guys of that nature, which is great. Of course you do. But if you don't have guys of that caliber – you need guys to not fuck up, and Cooper Rush is not going to fuck up a lot of games. We just talked about Jones. We talked about Flacco backing up for the Jets. Like Cooper Rush is a very solid backup, and if your defense makes plays, you also will. Forgot to mention Dan Quinn, your defensive coordinator, who is an absolutely dominant defensive mind. Uh, so having his hands on the personnel that the that the Cowboys possess is is great. Parsons is an absolute game wrecker. Um, and quarterbacks are, you know, and offensive linemen are, are just straight up afraid of him. Yeah, I don't blame no. him. No, I mean, 100%. And a lot of people gave Trayvon Diggs. He had 11 interceptions last year, but gave up a lot of yards. But also, I don't know if you guys saw the stats or whatever. When Trayvon Diggs was guarding Jamar Chase, he had two catches for seven yards. That's so, impressive. Yep. I mean, and Jamar Chase is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. But also that attributes to the defensive line we have because Joe Burrow has, as Tom said, 1.2 seconds to throw the ball. Yeah. Just to put a bow on the Cowboys, when they're playing better teams, I do worry about their offense just because, you know, you see it. CeeDee Lamb is not at the level of Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. He just he needs an Amari Cooper. He needs a Michael Gallup in order to get open. Um, Ezekiel Elliott. I just think they should just fucking give it up. I think they. Sh- I, I understand he blocks really well and whatnot. They should just let get Pollard. Like they had a fifty-fifty split. I need to see that go up to like 75-25. Well, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I somewhat agree with you there. But if you look at it, and like obviously you see is not having those hundred-yard games, but he's averaging like almost four yards a rush, which is big, which is big. But they stopped giving the ball to him. But also at the same point, what you were saying is. Last game, Tony Pollard had nine carries for 59 yards. Nine yeah, carries. Like, imagine you gave him 12. Yeah, exactly. But, like, the whole – what it comes down to, as you said before, is the whole pass blocking. Ezekiel Elliott is 100 times better than Pollard is at, uh, at blocking. No doubt. Pollard's a better receiver. I think it should be 50-50, not 70-30, not any of that. It should be 50-50, and that's what it should be. Like, you, you know, you're up in a game and you need to grind clock. 
run Ezekiel. Like, just run him. Just run him every time. Get three yards of carry. I don't care. But no, if just... it's a close game, put Pollard in. Put Pollard in. And also, you know, anyway. also, uh, you know, as uh, a homer as I am, but like, you know, you have a, uh, a second string player, Noah Brown, just coming out of nowhere. And he's just torturing Cheetah Bay Awuzie and Eli Apple and, you know, Sean Love. Well, that's easy to do. But, <laughs> um, but like, this guy, this guy's a second teamer. And he's got five catches for 95 yards and a touchdown against a secondary that was in the Super Bowl last year. I don't think they were in the Super Bowl because of their secondary, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, it's very impressive. And again, that's that's the that's what makes I just, the I, NFL what it is now is there's so many of these late round draft picks, running backs and receivers that you never hear of that if they have good chemistry with their quarterback, they can get open and make a couple of plays. They're all of a sudden they become an integral part of an offense. You know, yeah, I, and I, you know, I said it to my brother the other day. I'm like, if the Cowboys are two games back when Dak Prescott's actually healthy and doesn't rush back and plays like shit, like Russell Wilson did when he had the same injury, like we'll be okay because we'll get Tyron Smith back at some point. But also, the last thing I'll say about the Dallas Cowboys is our first round pick, Tyler Smith, at left tackle, has given up two pressures in the last two weeks at left tackle. He's never played left tackle before in his life. He's a guard. But now he's playing left tackle and did, gave up one pressure against Cooper Rush and one pressure against Prescott. And I find that amazing. And also, we play a guy at left guard that had, before um, Connor McGovern got injured, played two snaps in a game before. And Cooper Rush was, what, pressured three times in the whole game? When you have a good defense line with Evan McPherson, it's it, it just blew my mind. That game, like, I even said it. I said it. I said it all day. I'm like, Bengals 27, Cowboys 13. That's what I said. <laughs> and then, you know, we go right down the field. And, you know, I appreciate what Kellen Moore does. And I fucking hate him. But what Mike McCarthy did that first drive, we acted like Dak Prescott's still our quarterback. Rolling Cooper Rush out. Rolling him out. Throwing down the field to C.D. Lamb. Throwing down the field to Noah Brown. Like, yeah. it, we didn't run the ball twice and then try to get a four-yard completion. Listen, it, it was a good day for the Cowboys, and it was a needed win. But let me let me pose this question to you guys: Super Bowl hangover seems very real, doesn't it? Like, are the Bengals 100%. bad? No, they're they're not bad, but just their offensive line is so bad. Yeah, it's just so bad. I think everything else about their team is is fine. I think it's better than last year. It's just their their offensive line is just so bad that it just brings the entire team down to the point where they just. I mean, outside of the, they, they can barely even stay in games. It's just, it's legit unbelievable. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see um, Joe Burrow on IR this year, really. It, I mean, he's on pace. I heard a stat. I think he's on pace to get sacked like 110 times this year. He's That's been incredible. Sacked 13 already, right? Yeah, he's been sacked seven times first week, six times week two. He's on pace for 111, actually. I saw that stat. But yeah, but still, he got sacked 56 times last year. That's almost double and the yeah, offensive that, line was our concern last year yeah that was exactly Dom. that was the concern last year and obviously these guys are already torn his ACL you know we don't hope for injuries but you know that that backside pressure when you're not looking it's a problem yeah not to mention what it does to you even when you're not getting pressured you know you talk about Sam Darnold seeing ghosts it's like you know, his quarterbacks do talk about that obviously after they retire and whatnot Sam Darnold shouldn't have said it at the time but it's like Anytime you see a jersey that's not that's not the color of your jersey flying at you, these quarterbacks say that it's like 
when you're getting hit like that, then then it throws off your entire game. I mean, Joe yeah, Burrow is mean, a different dude. The guy fucking stands in there and takes a beating. I don't think he really cares, but at some point, I think it's going to affect even him. Yeah, I mean, I said the same thing, and I, listen, I think Joe Mixon's very good, but like they they preach like Joe Mixon is a top five running back in the NFL, but against Dallas, he had 22 carries for 79 yards. Like that's nothing. Yeah, what, I, I two, think that's two, a uh, massive. Two yards a carry. I think that's a massive contribution to the O line as well. But yeah, I mean, Mixon's got to do better than that, and, and they got to get Mixon more involved in the passing game at this point. I mean, if you only have, like I said, one point something seconds to throw the ball, you need to start dumping shit off to him, and you cannot go even deep. If, yeah, even if you dump the ball off to Mixon, you get seven yards. It's second and three rather than second and thirteen when you get sacked. Yep. No, no doubt. But I do think, to answer your question, I think the Bengals are in real fucking trouble. Because offensive line is one of those things that you just can't fix during the season, really. I know, Will, you said that the Cowboys, they're they're piecing it together and they're doing a really good job. But, like, who the fuck are you going to go out and sign in week three in order to fix this offensive line? I I, I I mean, Dallas already did it, and we haven't seen him yet as Jason Peters. We haven't seen him yet. We didn't need him last week because Tyler Smith, the, the rookie we drafted this year, played well left tackle. So... Why why change it after the guy lets up one pressure the whole game? No, I agree a, with you, but against I, Evan McPherson. Yeah, no, I I just don't think that there's I don't there's I, I just, there's there. no way that you can you can fix this offensive line during the season. I, I just but uh, you know that that was the, also the other thing coming from a Cowboys fan standpoint is Lyle Collins wanted all this money from Dallas and we're like we're good, you know starting Terrence Steele who's not very good. But Lyle Collins won like $70 million. Did he look like a $70 million right tackle against Martha Parsons? Absolutely. He, he looked like the $70 million Nate Solder that the Giants signed. Exactly. That's what he looked like to me. But, guys, let's talk about another quarterback injury. Um, we'll talk about the Thursday night game, the first Amazon Prime exclusive Thursday night game. I don't know if you guys had any issues with it. I was like I buffering a little bit like for in the third quarter, and then it was fine. Um but Justin Herbert, I mean, that dude is a dog. But the rib injuries are bad. And, I mean, one thing we can always count on with the Chargers is they do not handle their quarterback injuries particularly well. No, I mean, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be like, can I get a second opinion before I go see this team doctor? Because, I mean, everybody's talked about it. Who's but remember the last sued by Tyrod Taylor. Right yeah, now. I remember the last rib injury that we had. I mean, it was, that's the whole reason why Justin Herbert is even around, because Tyrod Taylor got stabbed in the fucking lung. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I do think the Chargers would have won this game had Herbert not getting hurt, gotten hurt. But, you know... I, I, I don't even know why they lost this game. Can someone explain it to me aside from the fact that the Chiefs are great? Um, outside the Chiefs are great is, uh, you know, I look at it too. Not I don't have fantasy and Tom can attribute to fantasy football, but stop giving the ball to Eckler. Also, Keenan Allen's out too. You know, Eckler, you have, yeah, like, Eckler's not getting touches enough at all. He's not getting touches. And when your number one's Mike Williams, who's a very solid two in this league, it's a problem. Yeah, had a hell of a game on that, on that night, though. Yeah, but that is Mike Williams. Next week, he'll probably have two for three yards. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's fine. I mean, but I do agree. They need to get the ball into us. This rotation with Sony, Poopy, Michelle, and, and Josh Kelly, or whoever the third guy is, like, why is Eckler? It's the same thing as McCaffrey. I mean, why is he not touching the ball? It doesn't make any sense. We'll see what kind of adjustments they make. But as for the Chiefs, Mahomes just continues to spread the ball around, and he's an incredible player. 
That's that's all I really have to say. I mean, you know, that's what it comes down to. But like, I'm not even worried about Eckler rushing the ball. Get the guy in the screen. Make yeah, him make get moves. him out in the flat. No, I agree. They like having Herbert showcase his arm and slinging the ball down the field. Sure, that's, but you know that's tr- what they like doing. Like I say, at once a week, the Trent Dilfer thing, man. You got to take the cheese sometimes. Even Mahomes okay, and Tom, Allen takes the coach. cheese. This is your coach, Brandon Staley. I'm telling you. Well, I, I hope he's listening. A good coach. Take the fucking cheese, man. Take the dump offs that'll get you eight yards on on second and and five that get you a first down. Let, let's stop airing it out every time. Let's set these plays up. Let's get these guys open. Jesus Christ. I mean, the Chargers should have won that game by probably a touchdown. The way it was Agreed. looking. Agreed. Because their their defense is better than the Chiefs' defense. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, they have an incredible pass rush, and they have a very good secondary. Uh, the, the Chargers, uh, Sean can attest to this as we've been talking about it for like three years now. It's never been about talent. No, that's why I didn't pick them to win the division. Like, it it has nothing to do with their ability, if everything goes right, to win. They have as much talent as any team in the NFL, especially with their quarterback. But they don't execute the clock well. They don't make a lot of adjustments. Brandon Staley you know, make some really wacky decisions on fourth downs. And, you know, he likes to push the ball down the field. He's not doing what you guys said, which is get Eckler in space or run more. And it becomes a relatively predictable offense, despite how good Herbert is. It's hard to win that way, especially when close games, when it comes down to the wire. Yeah. hundred percent. Also, they play in the toughest division in the NFL. So that's, yep. that's also a problem too. But think because... about this, right? This was such a winnable game. It was right there for them. And, I know Herbert got hurt, and that was probably the reason why they didn't end up winning. But they might have found a way to lose anyway. It's kind of going back to my Giants point is, you know, sometimes you're you're you don't necessarily deserve to win because you're so talented. You should just win because you make the right plays at the right times. And whoever the coach with the Chargers are just doesn't seem to be able to get that right. Yeah, no, no I agree. But. I- I'm going to stand by my pick. It's early on in the season. I think Staley's a smart guy. Maybe he'll make some adjustments, watch some tape. You guys ready to talk about um, the the stink fest of Patriots-Steelers? Oh, yeah, be, before you go on, Tom, and this would have been – it's hot seat now, but, I mean, hot take. But, you know, you put Matt Rule on that first coach getting fired. If Arizona found a way to lose that game, Cliff Kingsbury's right there with Matt Rule. Oh, no, no doubt, no doubt. Of Kyler, And I still think he's still there. No, he's definitely still there. We'll talk about it when he gets to them. But Kyler, Kyler's heroics, I guess you could say, saved his job single-handedly. For now, Yeah, in the interim. Uh, Patriots-Steelers, um, not much to say here. I, I'm just waiting on Kenny Pickett. Um, I mean, let's talk about another terrible offensive line. Steeler, I mean, Najee Harris has like 39 total rushing yards for the season. Um, mm-hmm. Something like that. And uh, outside of Deontay Johnson, who's just a target monster, I don't like anything about this team. Patriots, I mean, nice win. They, they well, don't you know, pick I, I, I hear you. I hear you said, but also I think George Pickens is going to be a fucking problem. I think he's going to be a good wide receiver in the NFL. Sure. It sucks that he doesn't have a quarterback that throws to him. But, uh, I mean, if you're the Steelers, why not start Kenny Pickett? You're not going to win the division. You're not going to the playoffs. Well, your prediction is, I think you said on our preview pod, week four, right? Something like that. Yep. Uh, you might be right. Like you, you look at it, Najee Harris is getting 20 touches a game for 39 yards, 40 yards. Like, 
<laughs> I mean, there's so many dump offs that you can do for three yards. Like DeAndre Johnson is very talented. George Pickens is talented. You just don't have a quarterback. And with uh, with especially with TJ Watt out, your defense is now taking a huge hit going downhill. Well, that defense is, excuse me, also very exhausted, much like what you talked about with the Jets, Tom, right? I mean, when you, it, there's nothing more demoralizing than having a quarterback that you know can't make plays. And Trubisky can't make plays. And well, yeah, despite, it gets to you. It's like, what's the point of making another stop here? We're just going to be the, back out there. Right. Like, Tomlin's an unbelievable coach. I think he's right up there in the top two or three coaches in the NFL. But he can't solve a no quarterback problem. And at this point, yeah. No coach can. No coach can. Of course. Or an offensive line issue. Why don't you go to Kenny Pickett? This is the time now. There's nothing to lose. Just tanking. You see what Kenny Pickett does. Picked him in the first round. You didn't select him in rounds, you know, round three or four. So let's do this thing. Trubisky's not the answer. We we know that. Also, you look at the from the Patriots standpoint. I really don't think Mac Jones is a guy. He played a bang-up Steelers defense, and Mac Jones didn't really do anything. Do these two teams kind of mirror each other? A hundred percent. Yeah, they definitely do. A lot of pedigree, but it seems like outside of a few players, all the talents left the building. uh, What I was about to say is I would not be surprised if the Jets have more wins than the Patriots this year. Ooh, okay. Uh, I I gotta trust Belichick, Sean. I think you're gonna go with me on this one. I gotta trust yep. Belichick. <laughs> I think, I I think the Patriots will figure out a way to get to six wins or something, and the Jets will be at four or five. But hey, it's not the worst take ever. I mean, it also it comes down to the same thing, you know. And Belichick's been doing it since he's been there. But like, pick a running back, stick with him. Uh, is it, re- regardless of Stevenson or Harris, just just stick with him. Sounds you know, like you, a personal problem. This. Sounds like you've got a you've got somebody on a fantasy team or something. Hundred percent do, hundred percent do. But also, fully transparent. I mean, they, I mean, they also did the same thing. But also, you also had Tom Brady in an amazing defense. So you, it doesn't matter what the running back is. But now you have Mac Jones, who's a game manager. Again, you know, not you, the worst thing in the world, but he's he's very limited, right? Like he's just. If, if he's not capable of making certain plays down the field, which just sucks because when when you need to the, make hit the, on those big plays to you know score without using a lot of clock, that offense is just not capable of doing it. Yeah, but you also look at it like your best target to throw to is Devontae Parker right. or Kendrick Bourne or Jacoby Myers. That's not Randy Moss. That's not you know the, you That's the... not Edelman. That's not Wes Welker. That you know, that's the difference. They the have, crazy they thing no, about the Patriots no... is that they they spent so much money on skill position players, wide receivers, and tight ends last year. They're in cap hell for like the first and, time and, in a and long time. They give Nikhil Harry away. They give Nikhil Harry away for nothing. Yeah. No, I mean the Patriots. Uh, again, uh, maybe maybe we have a Cashman situation, Sean. Well, you know, when you're around long enough, you're going to make your mistakes. And GM Belichick has not done a particularly good job, and it hurts head coach Belichick because the drafts have been poor, the the free agent signings and the trades haven't worked out in their favor. And Mac Jones, I think you could win enough games with him, but he's got to have better opportunities to make plays. This this talent, you know, the the roster he has around him just is not good enough, flat out. What do they say? Uh, you either die a hero or you live long enough to be the villain? That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
All right, you guys want to talk about another one that's got me scratching my head in the Colts and Jaguars? I'm going to ask you guys this, what Sean asked about Cincinnati about 10 minutes ago. Do the Colts just suck? Yes. Yes. (laughs) We both agree with that. Matt, Matt Ryan, I think Matt Ryan's done. Yeah, also, I, uh, I'll be honest. You're missing Michael Pittman Jr., who I think is very good. But you give the John, you give the ball to Jonathan Taylor less you. than ten times. Thank like, you. What, what are you. What are you doing? Yeah. Also, Trevor Lawrence against that defense was 21 for 23 for 280 at one point. Yeah. Um, they, are you not doing anything? Or and you know. You're, you're getting torched by Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, and you, that's who you're getting torched by. You're not getting torched by, you know, um, Julio Jones in his prime. You're not getting torched by Devontae Adams. This is this, These are the guys you're getting torched by. I think the Colts are garbage. Yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling good about my divisional Colts pick. I don't remember who you guys took in that division. Um who is going to win this division? I mean, shit. Somebody's going to win it. Somebody's going to win it. It's, it's going to be like, Jacksonville. Maybe Jacksonville doesn't suck, right? They kind of hung with Washington in week one. And, you know, there are games where I really want to look at stats and I really want to, like, peel back the numbers and say, oh, this is why this happened. And you mentioned uh, Jonathan Taylor only getting 10 attempts and this, that, and the third. You got shut out. Yeah, you don't have to look at stats. Jacksonville Jaguars. You at suck. that point, I don't need to look into stats. Frank Reich, put him in your – throw a bet on for me. He might Hot be seat. first coach fired. Hot for sure. Hot for sure. Yeah. Awful. 100%. Especially after I, the collapse last year. I know they blamed it on Wentz and got him the hell out of there, but you know, this is now his third time with an older quarterback. And, yeah, Ryan looks done. He doesn't look any different, really, than what Phil Rivers looked like or Wentz looked like. And I, this team's super limited. Okay, Michael Pittman's out. Like, you can't score a single point against the Jaguars? Yeah, so I guess this. Uh, I guess we can say this experiment of uh, retread Old quarterbacks yep. does not work. Did not work with Phil Rivers. Did not work with Carson Wentz, and it's yeah. definitely not working with Matt Ryan. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm the Colts right now, just go own sixteen. Get uh, what's his name from Alabama? You Bryce know, Young. Sean Sean's roommate. What's his name? Bryce Young. Get get Bryce Young. You get have the Heisman Trophy winner's name right. <laughs> All right, okay. he's a Kansas Let's football just... fan. They're coming off a big win. <laughs> We're three now. Kansas football three now. Just saying. Um, but uh, get Bryce Hall in there. Jonathan Taylor's not even in his prime yet. You have a great offensive line. Bryce Michael Pittman's going to okay. be a... <laughs> Michael. What are you, Tom? Yeah, you're acting like me. Well, with the Sorry, names. Uh, the name. Sorry, the Washington Redskins. My bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, get get him. You have uh, Jonathan Taylor is not even his prime yet. You have one of the best offensive lines in football. Your defense, defense needs work. You you also need another target outside of Michael Pittman Jr. You can't be thrown to was Paris Campbell. Or I agree. I think they should Allison tank. Doulon, like come on. I, I you know what? And the Colts might suck so bad that they might not even have to tank. They might just suck. I mean that division. You know everybody gives shit about the NFC East, but I think that division is the worst in football. Oh, it's not even close. I mean, why why not the Texans? I mean, they tied with the Colts, and then they they were right in there till the end against the Broncos, who we'll talk about later. I got my questions about them, but oh, you know, flipping over to Jacksonville, though, maybe Doug Peterson was the perfect hire for the for this team, right? Like, he was really let go unceremoniously in Philadelphia. That kind of came to a, a really bad ending, and it was more because of Carson Wentz than anything else. But he's a Super Bowl winning head coach. 
and you bring him you get you bring him in there with Trevor Lawrence heading into year two. I know they drastically overpaid for Christian Kirk and whatever, but he's a good player. But he's been this going off. Might, last two weeks he's been going off. Christian yeah, Kirk. this team might not suck. This might be like last year's Lions who, you know, they're in a lot of games. Maybe they, they can't be close because they don't have enough talent, but they're they're gonna be they're gonna be around. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, mean also this this goes back to the uh, Gary Sanchez take, which you guys embarrassed me for. I also took Doug Peterson as coach of the year for the Jaguars this year. In our earlier pod. Yeah, well, don't yeah. break your arm jerking yourself off, okay? <laughs> Listen, I know what I'm talking about, Thomas. I know what I'm talking about, but I still can't get the kid's name right, even though Sean said it. <laughs> all right, Sean. All right, listen. Okay. Yeah, I'm just... Listen, this October 9th game, the NBC might have to flex this Texans-Jaguars game to the <laughs> Sunday night game, boys. This is going to yeah, be 100%. a barn burner. It's going to be who's leading the division. The winner gets the lead in the division. No well, doubt. You'll have, you'll have Collins work saying, here's a guy a lot because nobody knows that roster. But. No, of course. Here's a guy. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next game. This one, I'm going to ask you again, does someone suck? Does Tua not suck? Dolphins, 42. Ravens, 38. And this is the problem with the Ravens is that they can't front run. Once they get a big lead, every team just seems to fucking claw back. I, I just think that it's uh, – I mean, I watched this game, and it's just like, does, do the Ravens have a defense anymore, or do they not? No, I don't think they do. But the thing that really stood out to me that's incredible is, you know, we talked about the experiment of the Colts with the retread quarterbacks on their last – on their la- down to their last dollar, whatever you want to call it. This experiment of, like, two is super accurate from 10 to, you know, 20 yards – Let's just get him two guys that are probably the two best in the league at turning five to ten yard plays into forty yard plays. Mm-hmm. Let's see how it Smart. goes. I mean, they're starting to look like geniuses down in down in Miami. Listen, I, I'm I'm going to ask you guys a, a serious question. That's going to sound stupid, but it's a serious question. Why do we overcomplicate football analysis so much? I like, know it's crazy. You have to decide: is this guy good? Is this guy good? You get drafted in the sixth overall pick by a dumpster fire Miami team. You had a head coach that was on the outs with the owner. You have not a lot of talented players around. You were talking about how bad Devontae Parker is. Well, he was his number one option there for a little bit. Amazingly, once you get Jalen Waddle in in the draft and then bring in Tyreek Hill, how much better Tua is. We saw this with Josh Allen. Everybody's talking about how great Josh Allen was. That was not the case his first year or two. Then they brought him Stephon Diggs, and things changed a lot. Well, we Josh Allen also complicate this shit. Josh like, Allen's completion percentage went up like thirty percent as well. Well, he yeah, but again, like, it, it really helps when you. Of it, course, it really helps become an elite player when you get an elite receiver and a lot of help and a much better offensive scheme in there, which is what he has um, now with his new head coach. So I'm not saying that two is going to win an MVP or anything like that. But when we say, oh, he sucks, it's all just our personal opinions. But until you get to see these young quarterbacks actually have talent and good head coaches, we have no idea. Yeah, he no, really I need my words. Sorry, that's for sure. Go ahead, Will. No, uh, you know, I, I looked at this game and I'm like, these teams don't have a defense. Either team does not have a defense. And, I, I, you know, I look at it as Lamar Jackson has Mark Andrews. You have Rashad Bateman. Okay. You know, he had a big day. But your your second wide receiver is a kick returner in Devin Duvernay. 
that, that's your that's your weapons. Tua has, you know, Kasiki. He has Waddle. He has Hill. You know, and you know, a, a big addition that's not even been talked about for Miami, even though he didn't even do anything in that game, is Chase Edmonds. And you know, you have Raheem Mostert, who was carry almost carried the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So Miami has a lot of playmakers, but it, both those teams don't have a defense. No, I'm I I, is the, I think the Dolphins might be able to sneak into that last playoff seed though if they can keep this up with Tua. I mean, I picked them to be a playoff team simply because of that. Like, we don't need Tua to become the next. Oh, is he the next Lamar? Is he the next? Yeah. Mahomes? Like, can you just be really good? And if you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Gasicki, like, you have a good chance to be good. No doubt, no doubt. Neither team has a defense, which is, I think, what's going to prevent them. And honestly, I, I just don't understand when the Ravens get off to these big leads how they can't hold it because it's like if you have a semblance of a running back, it, it, Lamar Jackson makes any other running back look so much better. And it's like just run the ball with Lamar. I don't get it. All these teams play prevent defense. Like we, We're going to run down the gauntlet here, guys, of like all these crazy comebacks. We already talked about your Jets, Tom, and like, Teams just play prevent defense. And you know what prevent defense does? It prevents you from keeping a lead. Like, that's honestly what it does. Like, yeah. it, they become so conservative. They completely abandon what's been working the whole game. And now you're just like, I mean, Tyreek Hill was so open on that last touchdown that Tua threw him. Like, how does that happen, whether you're a good defense or not? Like, that just cannot happen. I mean, I mean, you could be like the Minnesota Vikings, just play prevent defense the whole game and, you know, <laughs> be 12 yards off a wide receiver against the Eagles. But that's fine. But my whole point is, would you be surprised if Tua's 17 for 37 for a touchdown two picks next week against the Bills? I wouldn't be. No. I wouldn't, and then I'm going to be saying he sucks again, so I, I got to stop overreacting. But uh, you also, like, would you be shocked if he has a game two weeks later where he has four touchdowns and, and they score 38 points? Like, that's just the thing with this team. Like, they have plenty of offensive skill to do that. It's just going to be dependent on him. And, you know, I don't expect him to have games like this all the time, but it is nice to see him be able to make plays when he actually has playmakers. Yeah, but, Sean, yeah, you, also, you, made, you made a good point there. I feel like this year, more than any other year, I see so many touchdowns where it's like that guy, there wasn't somebody within 15 yards of him. How is exactly. he that way? He said and that's like across the league. I'm not even just yards. talking about the Dolphins. I'm talking about like the whole league. I'll Something will come across red zone where a guy will be walking into the end zone. I'll see the replay. And I just don't understand what these defenses are doing where it's like, how is that guy just literally unaccounted for as if he was on the sidelines? I, I don't get it, man. I really don't. All right, next game up. This game was a I, I, this game was a nap game. This game just makes you fall asleep. Buccaneers twenty, Saints ten. Um, I mean, I think the Buccaneers have one offensive touchdown all year. I don't. I don't like this team, and I. I don't care about the Saints. I, I don't think they're they're all that great. But the Buccaneers, when they play some real real uh, competition, it's going to be interesting, especially because Brady's missing a lot of weapons. I mean, I look at this game, too, and Saints, I'm not saying they should have won the game, but Jameis Winston threw three bad interceptions, three terrible well, that's, interceptions. That's the Jameis game you Winston play. also shouldn't be playing. He is playing with a major injury in his back. Mm. Also, you're missing Alvin Kamara, too, which is a big deal. 
It yeah. is, but like you know, I'm I've always loved to pile on Jameis, but like he shouldn't be out there, man. Like the injury he has with his back, that is a crippling injury. I mean, he he shouldn't be out there, and and it's just gonna it's gonna lend itself to everybody making fun of him again and saying that he's not a good like, you know decision maker. But it's just like get Taysom Hill in there. I agree, and I, I mean he's I think Andy Dalton's their backup. Um, shout out to Will. Um, Thank you. <laughs> it's one of those situations where it's like I know I know he sucked on his own volition this year at being Baker, but it's like kind of reminds me of Baker last year where it's like you're hurt and it's making you suck. Like you yeah. should just sit sit a couple games out and get healthy. Well, it's the old Jeter thing, right? Like if you play, you don't have any excuses, and like the NFL is very it's it's non forgiving. And if you're out there, you need to make plays. And Jameis really can't right now, and it, it really cost him. And only score ten points, like with or without Kamara. Like the Buccaneers' defense is not that good. It's very good, but it, like you should be able to score a little bit more than that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I agree too. It's just uh, you know after that first interception, you're like ball game. Like, even if he came back and threw it in touchdown, you're like ball game. Yeah, I am. Although I am very concerned about the Buccaneers' offense. It's uh, it's a dumb story. You have Godwin out. Evans is suspended. Um, yeah, Julio no Jones is hurt. <laughs> you have what? Cameron Brait. You're you're throwing a Shelby Miller, and that's really it. And Just Rashard Perryman hit hit, right? hit Lenny. Give the ball to Big Lenny. That's all you can do. Um, you guys want to move on to the next game? I just want to make this point real fast. Like, Brady looks like he's not having any fun at all. Like he came back like. He's doing all of these promotions for his company, his, his clothing line, all of these appearances he's doing. But when he's on the football field, at least from the first two games, like it looks like he's having a miserable time. No like, camera even pants. They, the, you know, even the though they beat either. Dallas nineteen to three or whatever twenty to three, whatever it was, Brady didn't look good. He yeah. didn't look good. It was Leonard Fournette that looked good. Yeah. yeah, Brady didn't look good. He threw a bad pick. He, he just, you know, I I just don't think he wants to be by his family. That's what it is. <laughs> he just wants to get away. He wants every game to be a road game. All right. Moving on to the next game. The Lions beat the Washington football team. I'm not calling them that stupid name. I'm keeping it rolling. They beat the Washington football team 36-27. to This game wasn't even really that close. Coming out of halftime, Carson Wentz was playing with his hair on fire, just slinging the ball all over the yard. But, I mean, this Lions team – They've got some players. They've got a lot of talent on the offensive side. Their their offensive line looks great. They can make a little noise. No, I totally agree with that. And like the the one thing about the Lions, and you know, I don't see a lot of that in the NFL is they fight regardless of what the score is. They could be down thirty five to nothing, and would you be surprised that they lose forty one to thirty? Well, look no, at that I Eagles wouldn't. game in Week One, right? They lost thirty eight thirty five, but that never felt close. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, Jared Goff is, to be honest, with you, Jared Goff looks better in Detroit than he did in L.A. Yeah, yeah I think really they're giving him that 2018 season he had, but yeah, I, I think they're they're giving they're making him the guy and they're giving him opportunities and he's he's running with them. He's got a lot of skill position players. As for the Washington football team, um, there, I mean, outside of um, what's his face, um, is it Chase Young? Yeah. This is the actual Chase Young. Hey, he's not playing. I know he's not playing, but I'm just talking about the guys on the field. Their defense does not look good. I know they got some good skill position players, a lot of players around Carson Wentz. This, 
this might be the Giants division to lose, Sean. I'm sorry. Oh, stop it. I'm sorry. Have you watched the Eagles in the first two games? I know. I'm only kidding. <laughs> I mean, the Eagles also gave up 35 points in the first week, but it's okay. I think that's good. Score. You know Honestly, what they can do is they can score 38 points, and the Giants cannot. So. And I think that well, was good so, lines. You know, as, uh, you know, Tom will say it too. If, uh, if they're playing the Minnesota Vikings at 1 o'clock and it's not televised, you think Kirk Cousins plays better? A hundred percent. I think they the Eagles lose that game. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. Um, next game, 49ers, Seahawks. We don't really have much to say about the Seahawks here, but Jimmy G is back. Trey Lance's career may be over, and the Niners, with Jimmy G coming back, it feels weird, but I think they're now a Super Bowl contender with Jimmy G if he can stay healthy. You know, I'm so glad you said that because I don't know if you guys saw the report that came out after the game, or maybe it was Monday morning, but there apparently are players in that locker room that are not happy that Trey Lance got hurt, obviously, but like think they have a better chance to win now um, and never really wanted to see Jimmy G lose his job. And I, you just felt like this sense of comfort come over that team. And I, I'm going to call Shanahan to task here. What the fuck are we doing play calling wise? You like, you're just putting this valuable asset that you traded all of this shit for to get pick with the third overall pick. And you're just having him do these designed runs into traffic. Like, can we please do a better job of taking care of our quarterbacks? So you, Tom, you know how I felt about Josh Allen last week, um, getting all those, you know, quarterback runs. But that was all, that was completely on Shanahan. I, I'm just, you know, as a Garoppolo believer, I think the 49ers go back to a team that has a legitimate chance to to win the NFC. It's wide open. I, I feel like I feel like Shanahan, I mean, his record is like two games above 500 career as a head coach, and I know he's gone to the Super Bowl and the championship game, but, I mean, I, I feel like he lets this, like, offensive genius bullshit whatever get to his head, and sometimes it, it, it loses them a lot more games than it wins them. It just lost in their starting quarterback. Yeah. It's, well, also, it's that's not a loss for them because Jimmy Jimmy G. It, you saw it in like as fucked up as it is, like you know the the team celebrating like as soon as Trey Lance gets card off because Jimmy G. And they have a better rapport with Jimmy G. Jimmy G. is just a do. better player right now. He, he definitely is, and the 49ers have a better shot to being if they kept Trey Lance in there all year. They're a sub 500 team, in my opinion. With that defense that they have, they're still a 500 team. But with Jimmy G. And let's not look too much into it. You played a shitty Seattle Seahawks team, but I would love to see what Jimmy G does against the Rams. Well, because 100%. we've seen him, but we've seen him. We don't. I don't need Jimmy G to show me anything. I know what he is. I mean, he is the best version of game manager, right? We've we've used that term a lot today on this show. Like he is limited. He is not going to be asked to win you games and throw the ball all over the place. But you know what he doesn't do? He doesn't make those terrible mistakes. And and Will, no. to your point, like. Trey Lance, he might make that spectacular play. He might do those few things where it's like, wow, look at this. But he also is going to have those rookie mistakes, and he's going to have those growing pains. And on a team that's used to not having to deal with that, it could have it could have been really it could have been a, a really tough situation there in San Francisco. But I do feel for Trey Lance. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, I, you know, you feel for sense. anybody that almost is has a career not career ending injury, but he will not be playing for San Francisco anymore. But to my point, though. If Jimmy G start in week one, do they lose to the Bears regardless of the weather? I don't think so. Probably no. not. No. No. 
Um, yeah, I think they're back as a as a definite contender in that divi- in that division and in that league. I think they might even win the division because segueing into the next game, the Rams. I know they won this game, but like Matt Stafford doesn't look as good as he did last year. His elbow year. is messed up. His I elbow know. is so messed up. I know two interceptions. He's just outside of Cooper Cup. He's not really getting anybody else involved. I know Robinson had a touchdown, but outside of that, and they're they're running backs. Are doing Their poop. running game is garbage. Really, I mean, K-Makers had a decent game, but with him and Darrell Henderson, the, the, it's not a good one-two. It really isn't. No. And uh, their their defense is not what it used to be. You Ramsey, lost looks, Ramsey looks a step or two slow, boys. Yeah, it, it's it's not the – what it, like, as Sean said, this NFC is wide open. Like, you know, obviously I had the – Giants, the, the, Sean. The John Giants NFC Stop Championship – Daniel yes, Jones. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I'm not. I, I think we might have all picked them to win the division. I'm not buying it right now. I'm not buying it either. I'm not buying it either. You let Marcus Mariota come all the way back on you. Yeah. Well, that that's the theme of this week, right? Like teams get off to huge leads and choke them away, or you know whether it ended up being a loss or not. I mean. Mariota threw a pass in the end zone that would have given them the lead. And by the way, Drake London, holy shit, what a performance. He's a stud. He's going to be a stud. Absolutely. The the crop of wide receivers, man, that have come out of the drafts the last few years. Wide receivers, I'm telling you, man. We haven't even seen Jameson Williams yet, but we saw what Garrett Wilson, and we know what Olave's might be. Uh, I mean, regardless, he's on the bad bad team, but I think Traylon Burke is going to be a stud, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I also think that. But, you know, going back to the Rams, there's something about them that now that they have that Super Bowl, I'm willing to concede a little bit and not say, eh, you know, oh, they still got the win. They got embarrassed at home in the first game against the Bills. Maybe they're not playing with that intensity. They lost Von Miller. Maybe some of that hunger isn't there just yet, and they'll kick it in as the season progresses. But, I'd also like to see them get another another good wide receiver. I like Allen Robinson a lot, but Odell Beckham's just a call away. It would make a lot of sense for him to return there, you know, halfway through the year. Oh, I 100% agree with that, and they have a locker open for him in the locker room. But, um, you know, he's not coming back until the, at least week six. So, yeah. uh, I mean, the Rams are going to be the Rams, and I don't think the Rams are – worried about not winning the division and getting a wild card because would you be afraid of being a home team playing the Rams? No, I would. No. I 100% would. Yeah, I, just, no. I mean, like, I think that they've just built up the equity now. I mean, winning does that, right? Winning a, winning a championship does that, where I'm not going to panic. Now, if they had lost the Super Bowl and they've had games like this, yeah, I might be concerned. But I still think from a talent perspective, they're the most talented team in this division. No, I, I, you know, I somewhat agree with that too. But I would be somewhat concerned because you had a team with a terrible defense and Marcus Mariota, the combination of Cordell Patterson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London, who's a rookie, put up 35 on your defense. Kyle Pitts is, is, Kyle Pitts is like – I mean, I know he's on the field, but I, I, I would wouldn't I mean, be shocked if he told me he didn't play. Ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Talk but about also, a stud. You're the Atlanta Falcons score 35 points on you on your home field, where you have to take a fucking silent count because there's more Atlanta Falcon fans. As sad as that is to say. Yeah, but that happened last year. Every time a team came in, and it. it I uh, listen. I'm I'm worried about the Rams. To be honest, I am. Like, right. uh, I'm just I'm just worried. Like, I am too. I think they hey, look uh, old and slow. I mean, they're going to oh, win the games uh, exactly. like this one that they have to win. But Let's I think not when forget they... though, guys. Like, I'm not. 
you know, trying to be totally different than you. Just remember, they did have that stretch last year where they didn't play well at all. Yeah, hundred percent. But also, my point. I know it's uh, it, my point is I know it's week two, but it's the Atlanta Falcons with Marcus Mariota. That, yep. That's my point. Who is a backup to Derek Carr? They scored twenty four points in the their loss in New Orleans, so they they have put up points their first two weeks. No, I agree. They, they, they can score, and I don't think Mariota's that bad. I mean, but speaking of Derek Carr, speaking of uh, wild comebacks and teams that can't hold the lead, the Arizona Cardinals came all the way back, and like Will said, for now, saved Cliff Kingsbury's job. Um, Kyler, I, I don't even think there's maybe Prime, Russell Wilson, maybe Mike Vick are the only two guys I can think of that could make the play that he made outside of that, just him. Um, super fun game to watch. Uh, are we are we pushing the panic button on the Raiders, boys? I mean, I picked them to 100%. finish either last oh, or second to, to last, yeah, so to. I'm just right there. I'm right there where I where I should be. Yeah, I, I, and like obviously, I think he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. But I think that signing Devontae Adams hurt the Raiders. You have Renfro, you have Waller, but they're not getting looked at because Derek Carr is forcing the ball. To Devontae Adams. Well, Redfro got, got looked at a lot in that final drive, and he coughed it up. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I mean which, the entire game was right. I'm the with last you. I'm just weeks. saying that like, he seemed to like really make a point to get Renfro the ball there on that final drive in overtime. Yeah, I mean, he, he does run good routes and all that stuff. I would have never thrown that ball, the ball that he fumbled. I would have never thrown that because there's two defenders right next to him on the mm-hmm. screen pass. But I think he, he saw it in week one, too. Like Devontae Adams has 17 targets, and three of them were bad interceptions and double coverage by Derek Carr when Waller's wide open. Yeah, you're you're a thousand percent right. It's like and, a, and Waller's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Yeah, throw him the ball. No, I agree. They're not getting the running game involved. Jacobs is not a bad running back, and I mean, yeah, I, I think it's all it's all on the offense for this team, I, I, and I think that's the main problem is that Devontae Adams is also kind of overshadowing. Is, their defense is atrocious. The Raiders' defense is atrocious. Yeah, they got Crosby. outside of Max Crosby, they have nothing. Yeah. Well, Tom, I mean, just like kind of the Ravens, right? Like they score twenty three points. I mean, they're they're moving the ball at will, and all of a sudden, it's like they just stop scoring. It's like they just completely go into into autopilot and before you know it this Arizona team that was dying for a win ends up being able to pull one out of their ass I mean these are the games right where when we talked about Kyler and why he was so polarizing I think he was probably the most talked about quarterback when we did our tears is because he'll have games like this the first little bit he looks awful he's not doing anything and then he makes plays like what you said Tom where maybe only a couple of other great Hall of Fame quarterbacks in their prime have ever made before yeah. Also, it's also it's uh, September Kyler, so let's not get That's too true. excited. Yeah. Let's not get too excited. About that him. theory has also, been proven. I, out. You know, I look I look at the Raiders. Like the Raiders won't have problems scoring points, but if you play a team with a good defense, yep. you're, you're screwed. You're screwed. Yeah. You go you go down. You kick a field goal on a twelve play drive because they stop you. Uh, the other team scoring a touchdown in four plays. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, neither team just... deserved to win this game. I'm not in my opinion. I know the Cardinals did, but. They were both making just so many stupid, yeah, stupid bad mistakes. coaching as well. I mean, both coaches. I, I mean, don't... also, it, it just attributes to the Raiders' bad defense. But John Connor got injured, 
or James Conner got injured, whatever his name is. I'm pulling a lot of Tom here. You're struggling, um, my man. Yeah, I'm definitely struggling. But when, you know, minus Zach Ertz, your best target is Greg Dortch. Hollywood, too, obviously. Yeah, but also, you know, I mean, like Hollywood had a couple plays, but like in a big third and five, you're throwing a Greg Dortch. Yeah, no, this team, I mean, until until Hopkins comes back, I mean, the numbers the numbers play it out that they are significantly I mean, they're touchdown, you know, they are they're literally Hopkins, a yeah. touchdown worse when when Hopkins is off the field. So Well, they're missing Hopkins and uh Rondell Moore, who I think is very good. Yeah. I, I, I wanna look at the Raiders more on this one. I, I mean I'm I guess I'll break my arm, jerk myself off. Eight and five under. I mean and, and you're right. Well I think it all comes back to they have a shit defense and it's like when you when you're fucking playing Madden and you just zero in on that one target, you know, you're playing ultimate mm-hmm. team or whatever and you got a new player and you're just zeroing in on that target, but you're playing Hall of Fame and you know, you're throwing it to fucking triple coverage. What, what the hell do you think is going to happen? Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, that's the Raiders that we're at here. And that, that's going to be a hell of a game, Raiders-Tennessee. Like, it's either going to be 45-35 or it's going to be 7-3. Yeah, also, this is a game that you just can't lose when you're a new head coach because for whatever you want to say, the Raiders played really well when their interim coach came in last year. And, you know, you, you're looking at, McDaniel's and that's a game you just cannot lose. It's a, it, you're the Cardinals are not much better than you, if at all. Like I, I personally don't feel any different about the Cardinals now than I did prior to the no. game, whether they won or lost. No. no, and the Raiders just you can't lose this game at home. You just can't. And now there's going to be all of those things that you guys talked about with just targeting Devontae and maybe Waller's not getting the attention he deserves and all of that. It all goes away when you win. When you lose, that shit becomes pretty toxic, and they got to rebound fast. In a get-right game, this Tennessee game is a is a get-right game. Also, you know, I think it was at one point in the game, obviously it was early, but the Raiders went for it from fourth and three on their 37. You have one of the best kickers in the game. Take the points. That's so dumb. So, I Take mean, the like, points. I love the analytics, and I love that, like, we don't have all these just like, oh, it's fourth and one, punt. But, like, there are times where you can be smart about it and times where you're just flat-out dumb. Yeah. Like if, if you know, minus the injury, if you have, have Harrison Butker, you have Justin Tucker, you have Daniel Carlson, regardless of the distance. Yeah, Graham Gano, baby. Oh, my God, Graham Gano. I mean, my whole thing is just like sometimes you're like McDaniels, you look at Will's boy and Dan Quinn, sometimes you're just the fucking coordinator. Like yeah. you're, I mean, you could be yeah. amazing at it. Dan Quinn last year, I was looking at the awards, won like uh, whatever, coach of the year for not – Head coaches, like, you could be great at it, but, like, sometimes you're just not a head coach. I mean, you know, that's the same thing. You know, minus the Giants, Jason Garrett was a great offensive coordinator. Yeah, like, Giants. he was. Giants didn't give much uh, work I mean, with, you know, I mean, well, you, you're trying to. I don't want to bring that up. That, that regime is dead to me. It's over with. I'm excited about what I have now. Don't bring up Jason Garrett. Broncos? Yeah, Broncos you. game next? Here we go. Yep. Oh, God. Here we go. Broncos, Texans. Broncos, 16. Texans, 9. Um... The Broncos won. It, it, yeah, they they won. That's awesome. They didn't lose. They didn't lose. But also, you know, it goes back to week one, too. And it's it's crazy. I don't think Nathaniel uh, – I would put that at Hossie, too. Nathaniel Hossie. Really? This early? I mean, I think we got to give the guy a little bit of a chance. I just yeah, think Russell Wilson has not been the same 
over the last couple you, years. But uh, agreed. Also, not but rushing at all. And, going going back to week one, you have fourth and five with thirty seconds left in a timeout. You paid a guy two hundred seventy-two million dollars. Let's kick a sixty-four-yard field goal. That is your choice. So, you know, look at it. you play the Texans team. Listen, Texans fight. They fight, and you know a lot of stuff. You have David Mills, a quarterback here. You know, you have Antonio Pierce, who's a rookie, but your best option is Brandon Cooks, who's been on four different teams in his career. He's bounced around. But, like, you barely beat this team by a touchdown? Like, at home? That's scary. They lost Jerry Judy to injury in this game. I'm not making an excuse for him, but this team just – this team might not be that great. They're not great. They're going to finish in the mess in that division. 100%. I have them in third. Yeah, no big deal. I had the I had I had them finishing third, but you know Russ doesn't look the same. He, he's he's not. I mean he he threw the ball to uh, Cortland Sutton. It felt like every play, whether it was a conversion or not. And you know, well, he was also like eight for twenty two at one point. Yeah, but like, Hackett, you know he's listen. It, it's been a really rough first two first two games for him. So he needs to get better. And the way he can get better is. You kind of see, like, what a lot of the Chargers head coaches have been, right? Like, as long as you put up points, like, you might stick around for a while, even if you fuck up with clock management because your team's always in those situations. He's got to get them scoring a lot more points. That's what he was brought there to do. No, 100%, but 16 points is not going to win games in that It's division. not. No, it's not. Not at all. All right, moving on to the next game. Green Bay Packers 27, Chicago Bears 10. Aaron Rodgers still owns the Green Bay Packers. Justin Fields, you guys want to hear the stat line? Seven for eleven for seventy yards and a pick. Yeah, he's he's not a good quarterback right now. Can we? Well, but, also, <laughs> uh, let's let him throw the ball a little bit, though. No. Well, so you know, you look at the Packers; they won this game convincingly, but it was Aaron Jones. It wasn't fucking. It wasn't Aaron Rodgers. All they did was run the football or throw a short screen pass to Aaron Jones. Oh. Like, they don't have any wide receivers, receivers and do what you got to do. Are legit trash. But, like, you, you play to win the game, obviously, but the Packers are in trouble, too. Bears are garbage. I don't know how they won that week one game, but their defense is garbage. Justin Fields is not the guy. But also, when Darnell Mooney, who I think is a very good receiver, is your number one, is a problem. Yeah, I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. Like, I'd like to see what he could be if they actually got him a good offensive head coach. They don't have that, even though Eberflus might be a good head coach. He's a defensive guy. And then they also don't have any talent on the offensive side of the ball where I can make a decent decision on him. I don't – I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what. This, is, this doesn't sound a lot different than the conversation – We've had about two of the last years. Oh, they're only letting them throw it eleven times. Well, maybe there's a reason for that. Yeah, it also doesn't sound. It also doesn't sound very different from exactly what all three of us predicted. When it's like, we talked about it during the preview at nauseum. Like, it's a different GM. It's a different head coach. And Justin Fields, unfortunately, is old news. They don't care. They're just going to tank until they get their guy in there. And the Chicago yeah. Bears are in that vicious cycle that the Jets have been stuck in and a few other teams have been stuck in where nothing lines up and then the quarterback's not going to be the next guy's guy. And he's unfortunately, I don't see it getting any better. I see it getting worse before it gets better, if it ever does, for Justin Fields. No, I totally, I totally agree with that. But like going back to the Packers, like Packers are in a lot of trouble, minus the wide receiver depth. They could not stay, stop David Montgomery to save their lives. And they knew he was signing the football. David Montgomery had 130 yards. 
and they couldn't stop him. They knew it was coming because Justin Fields had 11 attempts, and they still couldn't stop him. I don't think, to... I don't oh, think ahead, the Tom. Packers – I just don't think the Packers are in that much trouble. It's just like I, I think that they just, like you said, Will, earlier, played to win this game, and if they – if I think they would have played up to their competition and Aaron Rodgers would have would have – uh, when when Lazard gets better, you know, more healthy and whatnot, I think they they're not healthy right now. I think they're going to get more healthy, and they got lucky that they faced the Bears this week because they mm-hmm. were able to just literally have talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Aaron Rodgers played the role of the greatest game manager ever, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame game manager, and I think this team, I, the defense, I really like. I like their defensive line. I like their I like their secondary. I think that they're going to get better throughout the year. Yeah, Tom, I'm with you. I, I, well, I, I didn't take away at all that, like, the pan, the Packers are in big trouble and hit the panic button. Like, okay, so they had to run the ball at the time. It wasn't just Rodgers. Well, that's a great sign because for a lot of years they had no running game and Rodgers had to throw the ball 45 times and, and be, you know, the best quarterback of all time just to get them to win. They don't have to do that now with the two-headed monster of, of Jones and Dillon. And I do think that the defense, I mean, we're saying, oh, they couldn't stop Montgomery or whatever. They gave up 10 points. It's not like it's not like the yeah, they gassed them. Yeah, but also you know the it, it's a bend. They have a bend, but don't break defense. That's what they have. So do the Cowboys. Is, it, <laughs> how, how do the Cowboys have a, a bend but don't break? Oh, okay, we're 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 not going there. But no, also, but I'm saying like they give up a lot of yards, but they're not giving up a lot of touchdowns. They're not giving up a lot of points. Um, the the, the Cowboys gave up fucking 189 yards in three and a half. Did you watch? To, did you watch the Tampa Bay game? I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of big tough plays. 100, but, but we also but they're not yeah. giving up touchdowns. I'm just saying, like, I'm not. Worried I get it. About I get 100. percent I get it. I get it. But I um, the Buccaneers are ten times better than what the Packers are. My or whole what point the Bears is, are. Yes, that's what I meant. But also, hot take: I would not be surprised if the Detroit Lions win the division. Oh, I would be shocked. I would be floored. I, I think the Packers, it's like, listen, Aaron no, Rodgers. I don't think the Packers are good at all. I know. I really don't. I uh, really don't think they're good I think at we, all. we'll just agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, I think yeah. I think with what the right, Vikings the showed. thing about Gary Sanchez, boys. Just let it simmer. Okay. Well, Gary Sanchez didn't, wasn't Aaron Rodgers ever, so. Yeah. That's no, no, We'll see. <laughs> I but guess also, uh, you know, I don't see Aaron Rodgers throwing for 136 yards. So can I just ask you a quick question? He didn't have to. All you've done is shit on Jared Goff, and now you're saying you're not surprised if he wins the division, but Rodgers and the Packers <laughs> wouldn't? I will shit on Jared Goff until the day I die because Jared Goff had the So how best. are they winning the division over the Green Bay Packers? Because the Lions defense is oh, 10 times better than the God. Packers defense. No, I don't. I I disagree. I'm I think sorry, I think I think when we look up at the end of the year, I think the Packers. <laughs> you, will be you, there. Did you watch the game on Sunday night? I watched the entire. Darnell game. Mooney bar uh, it fucking burned. Darnell uh, Darnell Mooney burned Jair Alexander six or seven it gave times. Up Ten points. It does. You played the Bears. And Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Oh my God. Yeah, the Packers look really good week one, too, against a team that just got shit on. They like get people. shit on on week one all the time. They get they shit on last year. Last year, and they, lo- they lost by 40 to the Saints. Yeah. They also had the best wide receiver in the NFL at that point. Okay. Oh, they're, they're one Packers, and one, and they won. Packers are, uh, I mean, you can't be this year, but the Packers are a 500 team. Okay. We'll see. We will definitely see. We'll have you on if they, either way. We'll have you on either way, just like with the I'll Sanchez thing. I'll be here. 
All right, on to the next game. I think we can all agree that the Titans suck. I don't know who yep. you. I don't know if you guys had them picked to make the playoffs this year, but I definitely did them. I had taken the under, um, and the Bills are really good. They're a very good regular season team. We'll have to see what they do in the playoffs. Um, the only thing that scares me the Bills is they have no running game. That's the only thing that. Josh me. Allen is yes. their running game, which Sean doesn't exactly. like. I don't like it either. Guy doesn't know how to slide. It's a problem. I don't mind running quarterbacks. What I don't like is when you make your running quarterback get hit all the time. And even though he's built like a brick shit house, like that's your that's your ticket to a championship. Um, Agree. And you don't have to be that reckless with him. What I do love though is that they have that fire under their ass from that thirteen seconds last year, right? Like they went out week one and stomped the Super Bowl champs. Then they come home and they don't even let the Titans, you know, the Titans might as well not even gotten off the plane. This is a lot of bad Titans, but the Bills in the first two games have looked absolutely dominant and losing Dable, you know, doesn't seem like it's been a big deal at all for them. No, not at all. I mean, the Bills are a team to beat in the AFC 100%, regardless if they play a shit team or a good team. And I'm, I'm excited to see the Bills-Dolphins game after what Tua just did. And uh, if it's a close game, maybe we have a different adjustment on the Bills, but I think Josh Allen's just too good, and I don't think anybody can guard Stephon Diggs, to be honest. 100%. I, I really like – I think their defense – I know it was the Titans, and we're all talking about how shitty they are and whatnot, but I, I think their defense looked a lot better than it did last year as well. Oh, 100%. Oh, but also, you just lost Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde's out. He, he got carted off. And you know who I got to give credit to? Uh, that a couple couple things I listened to this, this uh, week reminded me of it. Von Miller could have just re-upped and lived in L.A., but he decided he really wanted to win, and he went to Buffalo. That's awesome. Smart. Smart decision because, the as we said, the L.A. defense is not what they used to be. Yep. All right, you guys ready to move on to the final game here? Do you not Mm -hmm. want to talk about it? You guys want to just gloss over it? We can gloss over it. Sean? Yeah, I mean, listen, the Eagles are the class of the NFC East right now. I think that they're a really, really good team. Giants are nipping at their heels, though. Maybe not. Well, definitely same record, record, baby. Um, (laughs) But no, they're not in the same class. That's for sure. Um, And we got primetime Kirk. He's two and 10 now in these games. Yeah, I mean, that's also that's what I said earlier in the podcast. I'm like, if this game's at one o'clock and Tom agrees with me, is this a closer game? (laughs) And Tom said, yes. Kirk threw so many bad interceptions. It was unbelievable. These were terrible. Did you guys, the one play just summarizes primetime Kirk Cousins. Literally, he throws a fade route to Justin Jefferson. Darius Slay. Right well, first off, Darius Slay breaks it up and hurts his hip because he falls on the ball. Then there's a long timeout. They come back. He th- he runs the same play and actually throws a pick on the next play to a hurt yeah, Darius yeah, Slay. You know, Unbelievable. This this is the same thing that I, I attributed Derek Carr with having Devontae Adams. And obviously, Justin Jefferson is great. But the amount of times in this game that Adam Thielen was open against Avante Maddox or whatever his name is is un- unbelievable. But never looked his way. Just looking in double coverage against Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Thielen even had a look until the fourth quarter when Cousins exactly. was like, "Oh wait, Which I should probably throw it." He was out. open all game. He was open all game. But also, it was a game changer. Irv Smith dropped a wide open touchdown. Yep. Yeah, I mean that, those that was probably the best. That was the best ball Kirk Cousins threw all night. Threw double coverage, and he dropped it. 
And games like that change because of plays like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 100%. I'm not saying that the Eagles would have won, but it was 24-7. They didn't win going away. But when but we- also, you look at it and, like, you know, everybody's, like, saying, oh, Bill's Eagles Super Bowl, which is such fucking bullshit to me. Like, you look at the the um, Minnesota defense, they were giving 12 yards off the line of scrimmage to every Eagles wide receiver the whole time. They were playing that shell two defense. There was two safeties deep back, and the corners were playing at the – the first down marker. If you Devontae Smith could have had 10 catches for 185 yards. Just make one guy miss, it's 12 yards. Make one guy miss, it's 14 yards. Make one guy miss, it's 16 yards. Because that was the defense they were playing. It was just a bad game plan for the Vikings. And listen, I, I you know, I don't trust the Eagles yet because you also gave up 35 points to the Detroit Lions. You're in a North Champs. But that's your boy Jared Goff. What are you talking about? But it is. That's your NFC champ. A hundred percent it is, but I think the the Vikings have better playmakers than the Lions do. Well, then in that with that do. logic, like, wouldn't they win? Them to go to the Super Bowl, but like <laughs> it's it's still Kirk Cousins and yeah. Listen to me, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, are they a Super Bowl team right no. now? No, but Jalen Hurts had a fucking game, and he finally now with with AJ Brown. I mean, he has a number one receiver now, uh, and this defense is pretty good. I know they gave up a lot of points to Detroit. But, you know, it's week one of a season. It's so hard. 100%. To I'm going to judge everything based off that game. Um, as the season goes on, if they're healthy, this team could be really, really good. But as of right now, they're 2-0, and and I just think that this is a team that's – they're going to win a lot of football games. I mean, also, the New York Giants are 2-0, and so, like, right next to them, you know, Tom? <laughs> Facts. Yeah, I think – I'm telling you, Giants, I'm looking at that wild card, Sean. I'm getting excited for you. Yeah, I mean, we're going to – I'll save my Giants stuff for uh, when we talk about their Monday night game this week. But Oh, it might have me back on next Wednesday when Cooper Rush comes to town. Yankees are up 14-2. to two. They're about to sweep the Pirates. Let's they won 14-2. Oh, they yeah. won? I couldn't tell. Yeah. I didn't see the inning. All right, cool. Um, all right, let's 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 go over our picks from last week. Will, I don't remember your picks from two weeks ago, and I wasn't going through the pod again to get them. <laughs> I don't remember how you did. Um, so let's just say you went 4-0. Congratulations. Um, yeah, don't you have a secretary to do that? Or no? Secretary, yeah. He's on, he's on vacation. Um, all right. Sean, last week, just a little recap. I picked... Cleveland minus six and a half. Honestly, I'm happy to lose that pick. Um, you picked that as well, so that's a loss there. I picked Carolina strictly because I went against you, um, and the Giants covered that uh, minus one and a half. I picked the Packers, and you trailed that pick minus nine. That was money in the bank. You took the Rams minus ten and a half. Uh, that one did not cover. And then nope. my sperm bank pick of the week, boys. We are back and better than ever. The Bills minus go. nine. I should have just said, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to take an alternate line. Bills minus 30 and put all your money on it. I was I feeling think- really good about my Rams pick for a while until they just decided that we're not going to try anymore and the Falcons came all the way back. It sucked. <laughs> so you and I both ended up going two and two. We are at five and three on the year. Knotted up. Um, let me get a pen out here because I want to write down Will's picks as well so we can, you know, next time he comes on, I can actually keep track of them if he wants to argue about how the fact that Jared Goff sucks but the um, but, but um, Detroit's still going to win the division. Yeah, but but I'm going to really give them the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not going to give Aaron Rodgers the benefit of the doubt yet. Logic. Oh, here we go. <laughs> All right. Um, Will, 
You're our guest. Let's lead off with, and then we'll save the Giants and the Cowboys for the second game. Pick the Jets game. The Jets are plus. We have the lines. I sent them to you from FanDuel. The Jets are plus Mm -hmm. four and a half at home. It's a home and home for the Jets and the Giants, I guess. I'd like to see one of those things, you know, where they repaint the field and it's sped up. You know, when they have those things where they're building the court. I'd like to see that on Instagram from one of their Instagram pages. Get on that, Jets or Giants. But Jets are plus four and a half this week against Cincinnati. What do you think? So, uh, you know, I think the Joe Flacco magic ends. I took the Bengals minus four and a half. Okay. All right. So you took Cincinnati minus four and a half. Sean? Yeah, Tom, I'm going to roll with the Jets. Uh, they, don't forget they beat the Bengals last year. And I this is not as much as, like, I think the Jets are great. But, you know, we talked about at nauseum how bad that that offensive line is for Cincinnati. And the Jets have some playmakers who can get after the quarterback. Um, and I have just not been impressed at all with what I've seen from Cincinnati. And maybe the Jets can hang. I'm not predicting them to win, not necessarily. But four and a half at home, I'll happily grab the Jets there. Why not? I'm in agreement with you there, Will. I don't think it's a bad pick. I think Burrow can beat the Jets on his own, but I am so concerned about that offensive line that I'm just taking the points here with the Jets, plus four and a half. I think the Bengals will probably win this game by a, with a field goal. Um, I would bang the over, 100%. Okay, I like that. I like that. I don't even know what the over is, but let's bang it. I don't care. <laughs> All right, so next game coming up, we have... Monday night, they're gonna repaint the field again. Give me one of those time lapse videos, please. Those are one of my those are one of my favorite things. When they change it from like hockey to basketball, I love that. Yep. Um, Cowboys will they are plus two and a half. This line has already moved to plus one and a half, but we're sticking with the lines. We all have the same lines, so there's no advantage there to anybody. What do you think? Cowboys on the road, Cooper Rush at the New York Giants on Monday night. Uh, doing a little reverse karma. I'm taking the Giants minus two and a half. You know, I love that. That's such a fan move. I love that. I'm going to do the same, but not for uh, not for any kind of reverse karma. Although I would love nothing more than to shut Will's Cowboys up. But I'm actually going to take the Cowboys. I, you know, the Giants. You are son of a bitch. The Giants are two and zero, right? And I'm, I'm floored by it. I'm so excited. It's so fun. But they are not winning these games by kicking the shit out of other teams. They, they needed a missed field goal by Tennessee at the buzzer to win. And they needed just inept quarterback play and just terrible head coaching by the Panthers. Also, you're, you're also playing a better defense than you've seen this year. So, so yeah, that's where I was going to go with that. Micah Parsons... Listen, Evan Neal has played a pretty good first two games, and right now Andrew Thomas is the highest-rated left tackle in the NFL. But Micah Parsons is a problem. And Daniel Jones is, you talk about seeing ghosts, when he played him in Week 5 last year, that game got away from them really fast. I think they can hang in this game for sure because Cooper Rush, I don't trust to you know go out there and sling it all over the place. But I just I, the Giants are getting talked about like they're like the Bills or the Eagles at two and zero. They're they're lucky to be two and zero. I love that they're two and zero, but I still think the Cowboys have much more talent. So I'm going to take the Cowboys in this game. I'm in agreement with you there. I think Parsons is going to wreak havoc, and Danny Dimes' eyes are going to get real wide. Predictive digs pick too. Yeah, uh, Tom. Let's see. Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook say on um, Sean answering my phone call midway through the fourth quarter. 
I mean, he might pick it up because you're calling to talk shit on a game that Sean picked the Giants to lose. So it kind of, it's like, I know they're losing. Well, I, I know that. I picked them. Yeah, so I, I, I'm, I fully far, I'm far from the point where I'm like going to talk shit as a Giants fan. Yeah. Like, okay. Also, uh, Sean, you're, you're a Giants fan as we move on to the next game, but I got to throw this in there real quick. Do you remember what happened the last time a backup quarterback came to New York? Let's see if you know. For the Cowboys? Yep. Well, we beat Dalton in the last game of the race. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't count Dalton. But well, you, that's a backup quarterback, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you beat him two years ago. But before that, you have one? Backup quarterback. No, just just do it to save time. Uh, John Kitna threw for 310 yards and three touchdowns. Oh, my God. You're going back to John Kitna. That was the last time, huh? Eight or nine. I think okay. we're going to have to fact well, check that. that. That's good. Uh, I guess my correct answer doesn't count because you don't count. Uh, <laughs> I don't count anything. He's changing uh, the rules on me. I don't count anything. Oh, okay. So, okay. Then let's go back 12 years ago to John Kitten's amazing performance in the Meadowlands. All right. Listen, I'm, I picked the Cowboys. To I, th- win, I think so. it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a field good game regardless. Yeah. I think you're looking something, what, like, 20, I would say 21 17. Exactly. 20, that's what I was saying. Uh, yeah. I was going to say 2017, 23, you know, 20, something like that. Yep. All right, Will, give me your first out of market game. First out of market game, just because they both suck, but I'm taking the Raiders minus two and a half. Will, I have the same pick as you. Yeah, I just think the Tennessee Titans are absolute garbage. Probably one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, they don't have much talent there. Um, I'm kind of wishing I saw that pick and I looked at it a little bit harder, but I didn't. First one I got, I think uh, Packers are going to win. Two and a half. Give me them. Mm-hmm. Good pick. Good pick. Rolling with the pack here. Uh, I just think, you know, they're playing Tampa Bay and, and Tom Brady's throwing the ball to, you know, I, maybe maybe your boy Cole Bennett. Ooh. Maybe. I don't know. Am I thinking of the right guy here? No, that's hair. Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. Go. Cole Beasley. Sorry, he's on. The, he just got signed to the practice squad. That's how desperate they are. So, I mean, he could be. He could be catching passes from Cole Bennett. Bennett. Is that an actual player or person? Cole Bennett. No, um, Cole Bennett up. is from the movie, uh, the show, The Ranch. That's Cole Bennett. <laughs> that's Ashton Kutcher's role in The Ranch. Good, good job, Tom. And you give me shit about the Washington Redskins. He's got yeah, a net worth of thirty-nine million. So. Oh, I know who Cole Bennett is. He's a producer. Oh, sorry. Maybe you guys should listen to more music than fucking WHUD. Um, <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right, boys. Uh, give me your give me your final pick, Will. Uh, I'll let Sean go first. Go ahead, Sean. Oh, how kind. Uh, I have Baltimore at New England. Uh, they're a three point road favorite, and I'm going to take the Ravens. I mean, they they blew that game, but they put up a lot of points and. Let's just be honest. The Patriots aren't capable of putting up that many points. So I like the Ravens in this game. Uh, that's good. They might that's get off to good. a big lead, but can they hold yeah. it? Can they hold it? Yeah, that's the question. But also, Mac Jones sucks. So yeah, the Bronco Parker isn't Tyreek Hill. Yes. Yeah, exactly. All right, Will. Uh, so with my um, Michaela pick of the week, Michaela. I am gonna, I'm going to go with the Washington Commanders plus six and a half against Philly. Mm. Wow, what's the logic here? Um, coming off a big Monday night win on national television, Carson Wentz just going to be slinging. Not saying they're winning, but they're going to cover six and a half. They're going to lose it by less than a touchdown. That is a big spread. That is a big spread. 
All right. My final pick here. I don't know how I feel about it, but it is my sperm bank pick of the week. I know the Broncos won last week, but it honestly felt like a loss. I feel like we talked about it like a loss. The Broncos are at home, and the Niners are favored by one point here. I think plus one home dog. I'm I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I I, I think that this Smart. is going to be. Uh, I don't feel good about the Broncos' future this year, or any time after that with the, what they signed Russell Wilson for. But I do think they're going to go out and they're going to get a big win this week. And they are not not only are they going to cover obviously with the plus one, they're going to win. Cash it in for another sperm bank pick of the week. Yep. Uh, listen, hot take also. There you go, because I'm in on that too. Russell Wilson throwing for over 300. Okay. Yeah. No, I totally see that. I, I I can see, I can see the Broncos winning by 10 in this game. Honestly, I can see them coming out so much harder than the than than the Niners. Tom will be celebrating his his birthday weekend, with cashing in a sperm bank pick of the week. Yeah, we're Yo, going does, for two. Does, in a row. does my Michaela Bank pick win? That's the question. And will I be one and zero in the Michaela Bank? <laughs> we're gonna find out. We are gonna find out. All right, boys, that about wraps it up. Anything else? Uh, Sean, are we going to have a nice little uh, $10 bet on Monday night? Sure. Yeah, why not? A little $10 bet. So, but I guess this is not going to be with the spreads because. No, straight up. Sure. This is straight no, up, and spread. we'll be rooting straight for our own individual teams. So. Yeah, straight up. Straight up. Bet. Yeah. All right. Ten Venmo's bucks. open. Venmo is open. Venmo's Ten open. $10 on the books. Enjoy that one, boys. Um, and Tom, happy birthday, man. Have a great time in Carolina. Thank you. Thank you. All right, boys. Thanks for coming on, Will. Everybody, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football. We'll be talking to you soon. Thanks, Will. Thanks, boys.